All right, here we are with a part two to this series entitled Assembled to Disassembled. So for today's episode, I was able to interview a friend of mine who has disassembled himself from the church. He has unfortunately chosen to live a life that the Bible says is sinful, but I wanted to give him an opportunity to share his experience of why he chose to leave the church on the podcast. Now, this was not a debate, but merely an interview. And while I don't agree with his choices, I think that there is much that we can learn from this conversation, especially as we endeavor to have future gospel conversations with people who are outside of the church. I would also advise that if you have young listeners, this may be an episode that you might pop your earbuds in for because the conversation is geared toward more of a mature audience. So I hope this episode will help us as we continue to seek to reach people for the cause of Jesus Christ. So before we begin, I want to introduce my guest for this episode to you listeners. And he will be going by just his first name for this interview because he would prefer to keep his privacy and that works just fine for me. So Taylor, thank you so much for being willing to do this interview with me and to discuss your own experience and why you chose to leave the church. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me. Um, It's always been nice to talk to you personally so it's great to do this on a format with um, somebody who i trust to be authentic and um, really give me um, the time to talk about my personal experience yes uh like we had talked about previously a lot of christians shy away from having these more difficult discussions with people Mm -hmm. And I don't think we should. I think we should be willing to have these conversations with people. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it is just the fear of talking about it. Any, anything like this. Yeah. Yeah. So we have known each other for several years. And I guess we met through friends, your family. Uh, and of course, you are a big fan of my sweet yet sometimes grumpy old hound dog, Sunny. Sun Sun. <laughs> yes. That's right. Sun Sun. All right. Well, if you're ready, uh, let's go ahead and jump into this discussion. We have a lot of lot to talk about. Yeah, definitely. Could you tell us just a little bit about your religious background and your initial encounter with Christianity? Was that negative or more of a positive experience? Um, so it was positive overall. Uh, I was born into a devout Baptist uh, family, and I went to an independent Baptist church very conservative uh, Christian church, but my parents were very loving. The church I was in, there was a lot of loving, I like to call Christ-like people and that they Mm -hmm. showed Christ-like love, you know, the golden rule that they loved others as themselves. Uh, So for me growing up, I had the stability of two parents who honestly just loved each other and got along. And that communicated down to us kids and that they always said that they loved us. They always uh, showed that love and how they acted and um, how warm they were. And they always communicated with us. And they were also the kind of parents who learned to say that they were wrong. So their idea of being Christian was to accept that they as parents were fallible, though they had 
authority over us, they still recognize that they made mistakes and that mm. the Christian thing would be to apologize just like they wanted us to recognize uh, when we had wronged others. So I'm really thankful for that. But their overall example was probably as good as I think humans can get. Were you going to add anything more to that? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I could talk about like the church I grew up in. Like there was a lot of disgruntlements and like, you know, tiffs between people. Um, and so I choose to think back on the people who, despite all these little disagreements, they still rose above it. And now that there's a difference between what the church was like for me as a young child and then than as an adolescent growing older. Yeah, yeah, and and I've told you, I, I really appreciate that even when you look back at your childhood and you look at it honestly and you still see your parents with respect and you speak so, so honorably toward them. Yeah, I mean, I will add that a lot of people who don't leave the church free talk extremely negatively about their parents. That's true. You make a good point. There are a lot of people that still are in church and they speak negatively about their parents and that's too bad. Has there, has there ever been a time that you believed in Jesus Christ as your personal savior? Yes. Um, so when I was 10, I had terrible thoughts and like kind of yearning in my heart, not a kind of a yearning in my heart. I felt mm -hmm. that something was missing, uh, something was wrong. And I talked to my mother uh, one night because this had been happening for a few nights and I knew what salvation was uh, intellectually of course I was raised mm. in the church from an early age by 10 years old I knew bible verses and everything and my family already thought I was saved because they thought that there was a decision made when I was younger and it, um, I remember that and it uh, really wasn't I was just saying I made a prayer because I thought that's what I should say but by the time I was 10, my mom led me down the Romans road. And then I prayed um, by myself, you know, asking God for a salvation. And I knew that it was a free gift and that it was the grace of Christ's sacrifice on the, on the cross and not anything that I did. And mm -hmm. I received that. So that was my experience uh, as a 10 year old. Yeah. Do you still look at back at that time? that is something you believed in your childhood and you've kind of put away from that as well you've walked away from that or is that something that you still believe today yeah i mean that's really hard to answer because my beliefs have changed right but this is going to sound kind of wishy-washy but how i look at it now is that it was real for me then for me now i think that that's something that's real that happened to me that was part of my life. And now I guess I'm more ambivalent about what that means. However you want to interpret that, I don't mm -hmm. really know how to interpret that myself. So um, it's open for your perspective. Okay. I, I don't feel, I feel like that's not much of an answer, but that's all I have. So it's kind of hard to say. Right. So it, it almost seems like you're not really sure where you stand at stand today. You're still kind of looking, searching maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think that's on purpose where I am today. I mean, part of me leaving the church, my experience, not why I left the church, but my experience after leaving the church is that I'm purposely 
re reopening my idea to how things are. So I'm kind of consciously in a place of being unsure, if, even though that may sound weird. Um, I, that also leads to me um, reconsidering ideas or teachings that I grew up with that I thought were wrong, you know, especially mm -hmm. as a young adult, especially as I become my parents' age when they were raising me now. And yeah. I, I start to see the truth. I had to apologize to my mother the other day because I used to think that her worry was wrong. And I think some people would even say that worrying was sinful. You know, it was um, not trusting in God. And that may be true to some extent that worry is not trusting in a higher power or the power of God. But I saw that I made her wrong for wanting to worry, you know, and for caring about us in that way. And now right. when I have, sometimes I have people that are, you know, in my care or I'm looking out for and I'm responsible. Now I, I understand and I, I apologize to her and I said, I'm sorry, for, I didn't know better then, you know. So I'm, I'm reconsidering the truth of, of what I grew in, which is always an kind of an evolution of a process. I know that's kind of vague and indefinite to say, but that's where I am. I think that kind of leads us to the next question, though, which is how old were you when you started to first question your and your family's beliefs and and what do you think brought about that skepticism yes this one's hard i'll try to answer it as succinctly as possible i don't think it was really that um i started to question at first okay i was i think it was more that some of the teachings i was given didn't coexist with my experience as a child or an adolescent and i have to specify that that mostly is because um, I'm gay. And so, you know, even before the age of 10, and then later, especially as I became a teenager, the way that people talked about and people taught and preached about gay people didn't really coincide with my experience of starting to recognize that I was attracted to the same sex. And mm -hmm. so a lot of like the a narrative of homosexuals being predators, being degenerate, of converting innocent children, you know, to that that's not really in the Bible. A lot of that, um, I, I heard that and I started to recognize that I was a homosexual, and but that wasn't me and that wasn't anybody that was influencing me. So... I didn't understand at first. It really wasn't me questioning the teaching because I thought the teaching must be true. I thought the Bible is true. The teaching is true. My family is true. There's, there's no question there. But at the same time, I thought, but I'm not, I'm not that ugly old creep that they're talking about. I'm not that, you know, disgusting, vile thing that my friends joke about and make you know, deriding comments about you. That looks gay or... Right. That's okay. You know, I, so I, I recognize like kind of this dissonance between what was taught and spoken of as gay and who I was as a person. And mm. I, and so it just created, created a divide that got larger and larger. About how old were you when you, you started thinking about these things? Around puberty, a little bit, bit before puberty. And I said so that when I started to see a difference uh, between what was taught about people like me and and what I was experiencing. And really that just manifested as confusion. 
it wasn't like this must be wrong i wouldn't even consider it possible to be wrong it was just i don't understand i don't get it i don't know why i exist and i know by the time i was 17 i was absolutely sure that i was gay and i didn't really have any i didn't believe that, that would change just because i it was something to hide it was something that shouldn't exist by the time i was in my senior year of high school and then a few years after it was very hard for me so the more i guess i should back up and say when i was um at adolescent it started becoming more more of an uncomfortable secret and then as i got older and older it was something that became you know harder and harder to mm -hmm. to keep to myself and and wrestle with in my head and then by the time i was 17 18 um i was just hoping that i didn't exist uh because my existence didn't make sense like it shouldn't be like a saved christian boy who was sheltered shouldn't be gay that, that's just what the teaching was and yet i was and i didn't know why and i i didn't want it to be so and so the only way of getting out of that paradox was if i didn't live anymore and so i really for a long time like the only way i could fall asleep because that's when my thoughts would keep me awake at night was mm -hmm. thinking of you know how i could end my life so that this would be over with and that was something i kept completely to myself and i didn't think that suicide was a good thing and or something that right. i really wanted to do but i i thought that that's the only way that i wouldn't bring shame on myself and my family and still not have to deal with the shame of being gay when so that was around 17 or 18 that you started considering suicide yeah that around that time Mm -hmm. Okay. Was it around that time that you also uh, decided that you needed to get away from the church or was it a little bit it, later? It was a little bit later. I was 22. Okay. What was your family's initial reaction to your decision to just step away from the spiritual faith of your family? When I came out. So it was more that I came out and told them that I was gay at first, not that I was going to leave the church or anything and that was the the first point mm -hmm. of like a conflict i told my mother and then my mother my father soon afterward and mm -hmm. um my mom was just overcome with fear and grief yeah i told her i wasn't going to move i wasn't going to stay with them and live in the house with them so uh she was she was angry you know and it was yeah. just really the fear um, overtaking her as a mother, hearing something from her son that is nothing that she would wish on her child. And the thought of losing me, AIDS was always brought up. And, you know, she was afraid of me going down a path where, you know, I would die, you know. And my eldest brother, though, um, was really comforting. He came and picked me up. He said that he was glad that I was honest and told my parents. Uh, our parents, and he took me to his house to give me a little space and mm -hmm. just said, you know, if you just stay with me. And I was really happy and I jumped at the chance, stay with me and we'll talk and, you know, you know, just um, 
hear what you have to say. And he really did. Um, my brother, I mean, this is part of um, what's exceptional about him is that he's someone who like masters the art of listening to another person, really mm-hmm. listening. Yeah. And so he sat me down for a week and we talked over lunch and uh, he really honestly wanted to know what it was like to be me and deal with what I was dealing with. And at certain points he would offer advice, but at other points he would say, you know, I really can't understand what it's like to be like you, you know, it's not something I've dealt with. And so I think it's kind of, it's really speaks to his character and what kind of human being he is that he could go so far outside of himself and just maybe even outside of his ideology to, to really love his, uh, me, his brother and, uh, be there for me. Um, then my, I don't really know how my friends and even most of my siblings felt because they heard it down the grapevine and I didn't get the reaction. My mm-hmm. brother and my sister were there through this. They honestly didn't say much. Um, my sister hardly said anything at all. It was obviously bothering her more than my other siblings. And it was something she didn't, I don't think she knew how to deal with, which fair enough, I didn't know how to deal with. But my parents gave me an ultimatum. Um, and the ultimatum was that if I stayed with them, um, I could, I had to attend church, only associate with people in that church and uh, go to counseling with a minister of some sort from that church for my homosexuality. And through this whole experience, just the incredible amount of stress and catharsis from coming out to them and that we all were feeling in different ways, I decided that I was going to go. It was either that or living like I wanted to die. Now, you said your parents gave you that ultimatum. Did you talk to any of the ministers or counselor, biblical counselors at all about this at any time? Yes, I talked to my pastor. For, I had already had a personal relationship with him. You know, he mm-hmm. talked to me about my things. My mother was an assistant pastoral assistant and secretary and so she you know we were very involved in the church and that means sometimes like right next to my pastor so he wasn't this standoffish guy so he came and he taught talked to me and he shared what he believed to be honest it was absolutely painful because i was feeling like the shame that i had always already felt for being gay for all these years now I was feeling it inside and outside and I was feeling the shame from my family and from him. And not that they were like shamed in the, the feeling, sh- expressing shame in a way that they hated me, but mm-hmm. they were feeling the shame of what they thought was sinful. And for, for me, I just could not deal with that. I couldn't feel, I couldn't understand like dealing with that and going to counseling and wanting to live through that. Did he show you through God's word what he believed? And that's that's where you disagreed with him? I think he did bring out the Bible. I don't really remember that much, Bree. I remember that he said that he didn't quite believe a lot of the ideology is that being gay is a choice. You know, it's mm-hmm. a sinful choice and nobody is actually gay. It's just a 
sinful lifestyle that you choose to live, which is my experience completely false. I started experiencing traction as a kid, just like my other peers. It was just towards the same sex. And, and he said, he didn't agree with that ideology. Actually, he said something around it, maybe how you feel, how you act, that is important. Uh, something along those lines saying that it might be your nature, but you know, we all have a sin nature. And so right. whether or not it's your nature, it's how you live your life. That's important. And, and for me, that really wasn't enough, like, because my peers, their sexuality wasn't sin nature, really. It was how they acted on their sexuality, mm-hmm. you know, like having sex before marriage. That's what would be sinful, the kind of act not that you're attract that you your being that your attraction itself is sin right and then there right. was like no alliance in the teaching of the bible or at least how it was taught where i was for me to exist and consciously you know have a relationship with another person that i was attracted to so it i was i wasn't i thought to myself i not there's no way i'm going to see another person in this ideology about this i can't do it yeah i was i just wondered about that how uh he broached that topic because i think you definitely have to come at it from the bible but it's true if you've never experienced it it is hard to relate i can see how your brother and that pastor and and even your mom and dad probably it's difficult to talk about that sort of thing if you've never experienced it but you know as a christian I do, I go to the Bible for, as my final authority on those matters. Now, what do you think are some major reasons that young people like yourself who have grown up with a religious background are leaving the church as they become adults? Now, I know you can really only speak on your behalf for your situation, but what do you think might be some reasons for others? Well, I think the most authority I can speak on, because I can't speak for everyone else, as you mentioned, is for people that are most like me. And so queer people who leave the church, uh, the ones I've talked to, um, even the ones that I have know that are still in a kind of church, the reason they left the church that they grew up in was survival. So like me, not not wanting to do self-harm or escaping and ending self-harm that they were already doing. And I, I'll say that when I came out, I was told that I would never be truly happy. And honestly, I've been happier in my adult life than I've ever been before and at peace than I've ever been before. I've been in some situations after I left that I didn't know where I was going to sleep that night or I didn't know where I was going to eat. And I cut off most contact to my family and people that I knew me and I figured it out, but I didn't know then. And it was still okay because I knew who I was and I wasn't afraid of, of being who I was anymore. I guess I would say that to talk more generally about people like me, one of my reasons of coming on this podcast is just so people like me, children like me, because we talked about mostly about my upbringing, that they feel worthy of love and that they might be able to have a better conversation with their parents in the church or otherwise, especially in the church, 
bring up these subjects with their children in a loving way, notice their children. My mother wasn't, a, wasn't surprised that I was gay, but it was never brought up in a open way that, you know, are you, you know, are you having, she hoped it would go away. So one of the things I love about the Bible is the example of Christ, not just his words, but the example of how uh, he talked to so many people and touched their lives in so many different ways, of course, giving them salvation, but that he came on their level. Here he was the son of God and yet a man who would talk to a woman alone at a well who was of ill repute or how he would talk to lepers that you shouldn't, you know, get near, much less talk to. And right. that he would bring in the masses as they are and treat them as equals. I hope to answer your question of why people leave the church. And I think it's because they don't have that openness and they mm -hmm. don't have that acceptingness. That's my perspective. Right. I do believe that. I, I think you made a lot of good points. Yes. Christ was, was willing to have these conversations. And even with the woman at the well, Christ didn't agree with her current lifestyle and some of the choices that mm -hmm. maybe she believed she had to make because that was a part of her sin nature. But mm -hmm. Christ did still show her love and that especially with our children, um, we need to have conversations with them. I want I want my son to always be able to feel free to talk to me about things and things that he might be struggling with. I want him to feel comfortable to talk to me about those yeah. things and we can address those things and, and, and talk about them in a loving manner. But definitely for us, God's word will, will always have the final authority. Thank you, Taylor, uh, so much for, for sharing. I know we've kind of depleted our time. It just made me think, Peter, the Apostle Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2.17 that we are to honor all people. Um, it says honor all men, but, but that's referring to all people. And that's making sure that we properly assign value to everyone, even even people we disagree with, even people that maybe are not living a biblical lifestyle. I think if we learn to have loving conversations with people, I believe the goodness of God can change a man's mind. And God's word, the Holy Spirit has to do that. We're not going to do it if we're badgering people. Uh, thank you so much again. And uh, I definitely I hope that that you felt respected. Uh, as well. Thank you. Um, definitely. I really appreciate this opportunity. Well, I know a lot of that was heavy to hear. And to be honest, it was not an easy interview for me to do. There were things that I thought I wanted to say but I just couldn't find the words at times. However, I hope that this interview does encourage believers to engage in conversations with people who are outside the church, of course, without compromising your biblical beliefs. We don't condone sinful lifestyles because the Bible doesn't condone them, but we can show Christ's compassion and listen to people and when we don't have the right words to say, that's when we really need to pray. I'm sure that any believer who is listening to this podcast is familiar with a friend or a family member who has departed from the church. 
and it is heartbreaking. It feels like a loss. And sometimes it feels easier to just avoid the person altogether. I've been there. But we must not forget to pray for them. I'd like to challenge you and myself to take some time today and pray a prayer of intercession for those you know who have disassembled. Sometimes we like to distract ourselves with questions like, well, what if they're not really saved and I'm not praying the right thing for them? But, you know, the one who you're praying to, our God, our Creator, the Holy Spirit, He knows what to pray, even when we don't. Well, that concludes today's episode. And if you have thoughts or comments that you would like to share regarding this topic, please feel free to post them on Spotify or on the new Facebook page, The Pastor's Kid to Policeman's Wife. I'd love to read your feedback. And I do plan to have one more episode in this series before we move on to other topics. So stay tuned for that next episode to be available on October 11th. But until then, keep looking up to Jesus.